Cedar Falls, Iowa. How are you doing today, John? Great. Glad to be on. Well, it's great to have you with us. It's kind of post-spring break and before Easter uh, show here. Uh, what's the What's the weather like there in Iowa? Well, it's a little too cold for me. We're in the mid-40s. We had a little taste of of spring earlier on with, with 60-degree weather. It felt great. But then, you know, when I left on spring break, um, I went to Indiana, and the weather was pretty nice there. But then uh, while we were gone, we got 10 inches of snow, and uh, I was glad to avoid that. But then when I got back, it was it was already gone. It was uh, kind of a nice thing. So, so but yeah, right now it's 40 degrees. Yeah, I won't mention what the weather is like where I'm in in Mexico, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it's something like 75 degrees every day. So, uh, but uh, anyways, you guys will get me when all of a sudden in the middle of the summer it's it's beautiful and 88 and it's uh, like 106 here. So. Anyways, well, great to have you with us today. Uh, how long have you been there at uh, College Hill Lutheran Church? Uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your background as well as your campus ministry there. Okay, well, I've been here since 2007, and this campus ministry has been uh, just off the campus of the University of Northern Iowa since 1942. They used to actually bus students. I was Iowa State Teachers College at the time, and they would bus students over to a church in Waterloo, Iowa, which was about a half an hour away. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, one day they had, they had like 66 students that were looking for a ride, and, and the bus didn't fit them all. So then um, I guess like 26, yeah, yeah, isn't that amazing? 26 of them had to go back to their dorms that day, and they said, we need to get a, a church right off campus. And so this, this place started. That's yeah, pretty cool. When you need a church, well, when you can't fit the students on the bus anymore. That's, that's right. <laughs> boy, that's... A- so, yeah. And uh, let's see, the UNI is the home of the, the Panthers, right? And, right. And if I'm not right. mistaken, you are actually, you are one of these, believe it or not, not so rare birds that you are an actual alum, if I remember, of where you're I, I was. a pastor. Oh. I'm back in my home turf here, and I didn't grow up too far from here either. So it's, I'm, I came back home here. Uh, I actually lived in this building where I'm serving. The this, this church where I'm seated right now uh, has... Uh, has a place where students can live. And uh, so I, I lived, and I have a twin brother. We lived in the basement here, and we were, we were Marcus, we were cheerleaders for you and I. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that was that, a good time. Oh, that's, that's I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, every once in a while, I'm, I think, well, this is a rare thing. And then I'm like, well, actually not. We had, uh, 
We, I think I know of about six or seven full-time campus pastors throughout the LCMS who actually mm-hmm. went to school where they're now back there serving. And so, uh, now, did you happen to meet your wife at UNI then, too? I did. Yeah, and, you know, you I, I said I was a cheerleader, and, and uh, <laughs> the odds are good in that department. So, go. yeah, we met, we met there, and we have five wonderful children. So, and, and uh, they're all doing well. And, and, um, and we've been married, boy, 19 years now already. Yikes. <laughs> when I left uh, my beloved Laredice at the University of Wyoming, I was just at the point where I was going to start seeing st- that I could have started to see, like, like, like if I had a kid when my f- my first year was there, if they had gotten married right after graduation and started having kids, I, I might have right. been a year or two started seeing uh, uh, some kids of the f- of my former students. So that's when <laughs> I really, really feel old. <laughs> Not there yet, but... Well, anyways, it's great to have you on the program. And uh, for our listeners out there, I asked, uh, trying to get a lot of our uh, sectional speakers uh, that gave sectionals at the uh, Liberty Conference a couple, three months ago. And Pastor Wagner did one on polemics on campus, responding to attacks on your faith by other Christians. And I thought that this would be a nice uh, chance... uh, to kind of mix things up a little bit. Uh, This is going to be a two-part show. Uh, But today, just want to kind of dive into this. Uh, Tell us in a few minutes, how how did you get interested in this topic? What's the background of how you kind of of, uh, decided to develop some things along these lines? Right, so, yeah, it's one of those topics that just falls into your lap because we, being off the campus or we participate in a uh, group on campus called the Campus Ministry Association. And, and that group meets on campus once a month. Uh, it, it, invo- it's, it includes several of the mainstream, you know, churches in America. So we have Methodists, Catholics, um, other Lutherans, um, and then, then a few parachurch groups uh, on campus. So their leaders will come to that. And uh, anyway, so we, we've been meeting for several years. I mean, since I've been a campus pastor here, we've, We've been going to this, and I've always been a representative for our church, for the Lutheran Church in Missouri Synod. And it's been great. Uh, you know, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, I still do, uh, just to meet meet these people and, and to get to know them better. Do they meet uh, one like of really, a month or so? Yeah, once a month on campus so that we can learn how to work with the university and, and get to know each other. Um, and so, so over just just recently, this, this took place in... In 2015, we—I was at a meeting, and, and uh, the, it was unlike the other meetings. You know, this one had like a, a tense feeling to it, and and the—I I was unaware. I showed up to the meeting a little late. I didn't know what was going on, and and so I left the meeting, and I got back to my church, uh, and I got a phone call from the Roman Catholic priest, who's on the—he represents the Catholic Church here at the attends the meeting. And he said, hey, John, do you know what, what all that was about? And I said, no, I have no idea. And he told me that, that apparently uh, there, were, there were groups there uh, who were, were trying to convert members of the other campus ministries. Mm. So, so what I mean is, and, and then he, he just basically laid it out for me. He said, hey, man, they're, they're rebaptizing my Catholics and your Lutherans. <laughs> and, yeah, so... So that, that struck me, and, and I, I realized I needed to look into this a little bit. One of my students actually came back to my office later that week, and he said, yeah, Pastor, this is actually happening. It's happening right up on campus, 
in our union. I heard someone, I heard someone, you know, saying this stuff to the Lutherans, saying that your baptism's no good, and uh, you need to be rebaptized. And it was, it was just shocking to me, to be honest. Um, I, no, I didn't it, was it the type that. of stuff that uh, your kids or the Roman Catholic kids were going to their things, or were they kind of being really uber aggressive with it? So they're not. Well, this is the way it works, and this is just. I, I don't know if this is their intention or how, how things work, but but when uh, th- they have large student gatherings on campus and, and they, they say that they are non-denominational, and so our students are Lutherans who are, uh, you know, they identify as Lutherans, but then they go on campus and, well, if it's interdenominational or non-denominational, uh, then, then they just go to it and they're invited to it. So so they go and then, then there's a small group aspect where, uh, they invite these students to attend their small groups. And when they get into small groups, then that's when the, the one-on-one takes place. Well, what, what denomination are you? What, what do you believe? And, and that's when uh, they get into the, the nuts and bolts of baptism and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I believe that's the way that our students get sucked into so it. it even starts just like, off as kind of a, hey, come to this thing. It's non-denominational. Love to have you come. And the next thing you know, now you're in this small group. And yep. they're, they're kind of putting the screws to you a little bit about the baptism, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's that's what I've seen. I don't know if you know it's across the board, but no, that's I think been that's here a at your night. Common thing, and that's one of the dangers of a lot of these. You know, it's it's really easy when you're like, okay, well, we know what the Catholics believe, we know what the Baptist group believes, we know what the Episcopalian groups are going to believe, we know what the other Lutherans are going to believe. We know what we believe as LCMS Lutherans. It's a lot easy to kind of know if you're going to go to a group what you're going to kind of get. But they kind of discard this, kind of disarm you a little bit by, oh, it's, you know, it's like the word bipartisan. Oh, it's non-denominational. We aren't in. But really, it's kind of a ruse because at some point, even those that don't have denominations um, still have a set value of beliefs and principles that they're going to elucidate when you get in there. Yeah, right. And the problem with this one was I, I did talk to the leader of this group, and um, one one group in particular on our campus has been very aggressive with our students. And I, I talked with him, and, and he said he, he admitted to me, "We are Southern Baptist, but we but we're in the Midwest. We just don't want anybody to know." And and I don't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. So, I, so, um, so I, I got it. Um, he did, he just wanted to. He didn't want to scare people off because they were Southern Baptists. Uh, but but the problem was then then I uh, you know that was that was a nice little um, fancy trick to get our students to attend. And then uh, and then you know he successfully has been able to convert uh, in in his you know regard. He was able to convert our Lutherans to. Baptist theology in regard to baptism, especially. Hmm. So yeah. then, um, so what is so that's kind of how you got into what is polemics then? What is this thing? Well, right, yeah. So it, I, I mentioned this to my college students, and I figured they were all on board and knew exactly what it was. And they, they said, "All right, back up. What's polemics?" So polemics is is actually a, a branch of theology, um, and it deals with with kind of a, a more of a disputation type type aspect uh, in regard to church matters or, or uh, theology. And, and uh, I, I believe it's more in, in the realm of Christian, you know, Christian talk. So when, when I read through um, some of our dogmatics books like Peeper, 
he will say it is absolutely necessary that pastors engage in polemics. And, and what that would involve is not only speaking the positive side of theology or of a doctrine and saying, like, um, you know, this is what, what Scripture teaches regarding baptism. Um, well, then the polemic, you know, would be, um, this is what it does not teach. Stay away from this. So, so as a Lutheran, I would say, if someone is teaching you that baptism is not for children or, or that uh, you have to make a decision to be baptized, you, you know, if it's a decision of your will, then, then stay away from that. That's wrong. That's contrary to Scripture. Uh, and so, so that, in that way, I'm being polemical. I'm speaking against a false teaching. Uh, Luther does this, too. He says that, um, here's a great quote from him, a preacher must not only feed the sheep so as to instruct them how they are to be good Christians, but he must also keep the wolves from attacking the sheep and leading them astray with false doctrine and error. For the devil is never idle. Nowadays, there are many people who are quite ready to tolerate our preaching of the gospel as long as we do not cry out against the wolves and preach against the prelates. So anyway, he, but then he goes on to say that it's necessary. We, we as pastors and, and even as parents and, and other people who know the truth, we should, we should speak out and, and help our students to recognize false doctrine. So um, here we're talking about, now there, we, we oftentimes, we have a lot of people on the show and we talk a lot in campus circles about apologetics. How, is, right. how are apologetics and polemics similar or dissimilar? Are they related at all? Yeah, they do seem very similar. Apologetics, uh, as many of your listeners probably already know, is, is defending. You know, apology uh, comes from that Greek word that means defense, or or to give in a defense against false, you know, false teaching, or or to defend the Christian faith. And, and the way that I've seen this is that that uh, apologetics is really uh, Christianity or Christians who are who are making a defense um, and. Um, breaking down walls for unbelievers who who do not believe the gospel. It's, you know, there's too many barriers in the way they, they just cannot believe the gospel because they have something that's blocking it. And so, so apologetics, I believe, deals with more of the you know Christians dealing with unbelievers okay. who reject the gospel. So like those that are outside of the church, the atheists and the agnostics. Right, right. right. So, so when I would speak to an atheist, um, it would be apologetic in nature. I would I would want to defend the Christian faith and, and break down any barriers that might be, um, you know, set up in front of this man or this person that I'm dealing with who is an atheist, so that they, they would recognize, no, it's a, a, that um, Christianity is actually, you know, quite reasonable. And if you, had, you know, if you study uh, the resurrection and different things like that, as far as what we know about the resurrection and the body has not been found, and uh-huh. you look at all the facts, like, like, uh, Craig Burton does in his great book, The Defense Never Rests. Uh, that's a great apologetic book. So, um, and, and so, so different apolog- than apologetics, you know, it's interesting because to, to use your analogy with this group that was more Southern Baptist, um, we may actually have a lot of things in common with them if we were talking to others together on the, the field of apologetics. But polemics right. has more to do with okay, this is how we talk to those who are unbelievers, those who are, are not Christians, those who are, are um, agnostic or whatever. Uh, but, in reali- but, the, but when we turn to polemics, we're talking about how do we talk and defend our faith and what we believe as confessional Lutherans when we talk to um, Baptists or, 
those who are um, enthusiasts or charismatics, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, you hit it on the head because we, you're right, you and I, we have a thing called Darwin Week, and so during awesome. Darwin Week, all yeah, they uh, they have all these speakers that come in, and they had a few years ago they had a debate uh, that was uh, basically geared toward it was it said um, is Christianity good for society basically, and and so uh, we the Christians uh, there I think there was a, a guy from the Navigators the parachurch group sure. here who was who was uh, the speaker the one who was debating the, the, the guy from the Free Thinkers group, uh, who was atheist. And so they were going back and forth. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, of course, course that we don't think freely, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Isn't that funny? It's like so, the uh, Church of the Open Bible as opposed to the Church of the Bible. <laughs> Anyways, I interrupted right. you. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so in that regard, when, when that was taking place, all the Christians, our, our Christian groups were working together and, and we were on board together to defend the Christian faith, to defend the gospel. And, and I thought that was great. Uh, but, but then within our own circles, this happens even among Lutherans, you know, we will get together and, and uh, we ultimately have, have to go back to the word of God uh, when, when there are arguments that arise among us. So uh, even the Lutherans had to be polemical in Luther's day. So. Sure. But this comes into, uh, you know, I've often found that, uh, I mean, ultimately, we got about seven or eight minutes here left. Uh, um, I mean, polemics, if I recall, doesn't it come from? That's a Greek word, right? What does uh, do? You, yeah. What does that mean exactly? Well, the word itself is. Uh, it, it can mean war, battle, strife, and okay. so we we can find it like in Revelation chapter twelve with you know Saint Michael and all angels say. Uh, so so in Revelation chapter twelve it says, "Now war arose in heaven." Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And so that, that word war in the Greek is polemos. So, uh, so that's where we get the word. I mean, and it really, it is a war. And we're not fighting against, this is a huge point I want to get across here, is that when you're dealing with your fellow Christians uh, who are, you're, you're arguing with them, but, but you should keep in mind that, that uh, the ultimate enemy that we're fighting against is not the person that we're, we're discussing this with, but but it's Satan and and, um, and you know the, the false doctrine that he has planted all over the church. So we, when we're debating these things, we're not we're not just you know there to win the argument, but we want we're concerned about this person that we're dealing with and and discussing this doctrine with. So we want to keep that in mind. Well, polemical. I mean, it sounds when somebody says, "Oh, you're being polemical," and you know it comes across like kind of a a negative thing. Do some people view this as kind of a, of a, yeah. a yeah. unseemly thing negative. for Christians to be a part of? Right, right. So, you know, I, I can tell you right now that when I presented this at a pastor's conference, all the pastors were nodding their heads because it seems that when we as pastors call out false doctrine or or identify someone as, as being a false teacher— uh, then, then that's a bad thing, and, and we're not being very Christ-like. You are but, unloving, uh, Pastor. Wayne. We are unloving. Yes, <laughs> right. Well, so and then what? Could, but really, honestly, uh, Marcus, what, what could be more loving than to point out false doctrine if someone's going to that's going to lead them to a false Christ? And, and if there's if it's a false Christ, then uh, then a false faith and, and uh, eternal damnation. So, I mean, it's, it's loving. It's a very loving thing to practice polemics. Well, and just because it, it, it is kind of, you know, bad, you know, it's kind of a war word about a uh, polemics. Uh, 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 uh. 
But it doesn't mean yeah. we have to be unloving with how we go about it. Uh, I know that uh, the University of Colorado, I don't know if they still do this when Pastor Dan Burhop was there. They used to have a arguing with heretics time once a week where the LCMSU <laughs> chapter would get together with the Roman Catholic Newman Center yeah. uh, with the priest and some of his students, and they would sit there. Um, they called it, you know, arguing with heretics. So the, the Lutherans called it arguing with heretics on their schedule, and then the Roman Catholics called it arguing with heretics on their schedule. But then they would meet at the pub, and they would both, and they didn't really, actually, they they weren't really arguing as much as they were having a beer, <laughs> talking theology, right. and actually getting down to, they actually looked at some of the primary texts of what is it that separates us um, as Roman Catholics or confessional Lutherans. And they looked at the Confutation, they looked at the Augsburg Confession, and while that might not be for everybody, I just thought that is intensely cool because it's so much nicer when you feel like, you know, I, I always tell people I'd rather work with somebody in a campus ministry context than another campus ministry if they already believe I'm a heretic. It, it's so much easier if, if we just right. get that out of the way and say, hey, we don't believe the same thing. We acknowledge we're both Christians. We have differences. It's actually quite freeing to discuss those differences. It, it is, absolutely. And it's it's refreshing when someone is convicted for a particular doctrine that they believe in, and, uh, and I respect them for that. And, you know, they're, they're willing to say, this is what I believe. And, and then, when we, then once we establish that, then it can, we can discuss it and look at Scripture. And, and, and this was one of the great things that when I was studying this topic that Luther did, he said, go back to the Word of God. You know, it, as fellow Christians, it's, I know it's not across the board because of historical or, uh, you know, the, the different kinds of interpretation out there, but, sure. but we go back to Scripture uh, as Christians and, and want to find the truth found there. That's why Luther said, that's what we have. We have the bare word, and we use that as our spiritual weaponry. He even goes so far as to say, don't even add to it. Just, just give the word like you did with Swingley. This is my body. You know, This is my blood. And he just kept repeatedly going back to that. Now, how has this um, has, uh, addressing this topic been a helpful thing for your students, doing these types of things? I, I believe it has. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen it, you know, with my eyes or, or heard anything. But, but I believe that the the group that we have here right now, just just going through this this type of information with them, uh, has made them more aware of of uh, you know things that are going on in campus. Where uh, we do have uh, several larger group um, activities for Christians on campus that are not Lutheran, and, and um, you know the non denominational stuff, and, and so just. For, on my part, I, I am very polemical now because I know this is going on, and I want to warn our students against it. And, and they're, you know, they've received it very well for the most part. I believe I, I've I've received some, you know, just like you said earlier, when when you're speaking, um, when you're when you're doing polemics, you're going to receive some feedback, and, and I have received some feedback that was angry, uh, and it was just difficult to handle. But um, I tried to treat it as as nicely as possible, and, and uh, again, I was just trying to win the soul. But for the most part, the students seem to, you know, to appreciate this, that, that hey, yeah, thanks for telling me that, that this is out there, and, and now I'm prepared to answer or to defend myself. Well, lots of times I know I've found that uh, our young people are very equipped, are much better equipped to talk about what they believe, but as soon as they get into a discussion with someone 
where they're they're at a total loss as to okay, I'm talking to a Presbyterian. I don't know what that is. I don't know what their main beliefs are. I don't know what the theological currents. <laughs> um, it's hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes to understand, you know, in having a discussion with someone. Uh, if you don't kind of know some of the basics and some t- about what they believe. And, and sometimes, frankly, I've always thought that when you have a chance to kind of go, I used to do, maybe you've done this too, where you kind of go through a, a class on a, um, a one-shot thing on everything you need to know in 60 minutes about who Episcopalians are and what they believe and why. Not as a way right. of, of being mean about it, but, but just to say this is who they are and these are the differences and... Um, so, I mean, that that would be all a part of this field of, of polemics in a way, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, that, you know, the the great book that we have out there at CPH now on the Lutheran difference, mm-hmm. I, just, just that, you know, just the title itself, you know, is it, nicer. It says, here's the difference. <laughs> you know, here's how Lutherans are different. And, uh, and here's the difference between Lutherans and Catholics. Here's the difference between Lutherans and Baptists. And, and to, to see the differences uh, is helpful because then, once you once you identify those differences, uh, it seems like a lot of times it's just the sacraments, right? But when you see the differences, um, then you can then you can go straight to that and say, here, here's why we believe what we do here. Well, this is great stuff. And uh, hey, will you come back with us next time and uh, let's uh, continue this? Absolutely, I'm okay. ready to go. All right, we'll see you again next week, everybody. Why can't we all just get along? Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. We'll continue with Pastor Wagner next week. Hey, college students, remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. LCMSU.org.